Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, back with some horrific stories to share. Welcome back, and thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Tonight I've got two horror stories that I think you'll enjoy. But before we get into those, I just want to invite you, as as usual, to my website, myhaunteddolls.com. You can check out the store and purchase my books. You can buy autographed copies there. Also in the store or on the main page, you can follow the link to my Redbubble store where I've got all kinds of t-shirts and hats and skirts and home accessories, pet accessories, office accessories, stickers, just all kinds of fun things, coffee mugs, uh, bathroom mats and curtains, just <laughs> everything you can think of just about out there with my logos on them and designs. So please be sure to check out my store and show your support today. Also, check out my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls, where I post videos weekly of interactions with the haunted items in my collection, as well as sometimes other various clips and videos from investigations from time to time, and you just might be entertained by those, especially the uh, strange and unusual evidence I capture on those videos, like disembodied voices and weird light anomalies. So it'll really creep you out. Be sure to, to like and subscribe. And please subscribe to this channel here on uh, The Haunted Collection, so you can get alerts whenever I post an episode, which I try to do every couple of weeks or at least twice a month. And now, without further ado, let's get on into our stories for this episode. This first story is about a man whose wife is attacked one evening when she is home alone. It's actually, interestingly enough, it's based on an old episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents a classic show from back in the early 60s. So if you're familiar with that show, you might just recognize this story. It's pretty creepy. It's simply called Personal Injury. I was working as a personal injury lawyer when Melissa came into my life. I fell in love with her the moment I met her. She was a very beautiful woman. I knew she was the perfect woman for me, and someday we would be married. On our wedding day, we took our vows at the altar. She swore she would never leave me. She would stay with me through thick and thin. I promised Melissa I would always take care of her, 
I would never let anything bad happen to her. I would always be there to protect her. When we came back from our honeymoon, we moved into a little bungalow outside of town. I set up a law office and Melissa took care of the house. Our married life was bliss and we settled into a comfortable routine. Every day after I finished work, I would call Melissa and tell her what time I'd be home for dinner. However, that all changed. One evening, when I called Melissa, but she didn't answer. That was the first indication I got that something was seriously wrong. When I arrived home, I was shocked to see the front door standing open. At that moment, I knew Melissa was in trouble. She needed me to protect her. I grabbed a hammer from under the car seat and rushed inside. Melissa, I'm home, I shouted. Where are you, Melissa? She didn't answer. There was an ominous silence. The kitchen was empty and the dinner was burning on the stove. I turned it off and looked around. Everything was in dismay. Broken plates and smashed bowls were strewn about the floor. Gripping the hammer in my hand for protection, I searched the house, calling out my wife's name. I found her in the bedroom, lying on the floor. Her clothes were torn. Her face was bruised and bloody, but she was still alive. Melissa, I cried. What happened? I don't know, she groaned. A man broke in. He demanded money. When I told him I didn't have any, he started hitting me. He wouldn't stop hitting me. I couldn't fight him off. It hurt so much. Don't worry, I'm here now, I said, trying to soothe her. Everything's going to be okay. I picked up my injured wife and, holding her in my arms, I carried her out to the car. Opening the door, I laid her down as gently as possible in the back seat. Then I hopped into the driver's seat, and we drove off towards town. We've got to go to the police, she said. We will, I replied, but first I'm going to bring you to the hospital. Behind me, I heard Melissa let out a little gasp. Her injuries were serious. I cursed the fact that I hadn't been home that day to protect her. I had to get her to a doctor as soon as possible. We drove through town, but on the way, we got stuck in a traffic jam. I started honking my horn trying to clear the way. 
Suddenly, I heard Melissa cry out, There! There he is! Who? I asked, startled. The man who attacked me. That's him! That's him! On the left-hand side of the street, there was a man getting out of his car. Melissa was pointing at him. Are you sure? I asked. She became hysterical. Tears were pouring down her cheeks, and she was having trouble catching her breath. That's him! That's him! I pulled over to the side of the road and parked the car. My brain was boiling over with rage. I got out of the car, still clutching the hammer. The man was casually walking down the street, without a care in the world. So I followed him. Then I saw him turn down a dark alley. I don't know what came over me. I just planned to rough him up a little and then hand him over to the police. But somehow, I lost control of myself and I could not stop. The hammer in my hand would, would not stop. It just kept cracking and cracking and cracking away at this, at this evil thing that had hurt the woman I love. It was over in just a few seconds. He lay there motionless. When I came back to the car, Melissa seemed to have calmed down. We didn't say a word to each other. I grabbed a tissue and wiped the blood from my hands. Then I hid the bloody hammer under the seat and we drove off. When we got to the hospital, I helped Melissa out of the car and carried her to the emergency room. As we walked through the front doors, she suddenly stopped in her tracks and grabbed my arm tightly. She was trembling as she pointed at one of the doctors. That's him! She whispered urgently, Th That's him! Then, she pointed out one of the nurses. That's him! She screamed, That's, that's him! That's him! That's him! like the mind-bending creep factor of that story. So, the guy in the alley, was it not him? Perhaps every man she would see from then on would always be him. That's pretty freaky. <laughs> but it's not the only story we have. We have another story.
another horror story just for your creepy pleasure. And this one is called Frogs. There was an old man who liked to catch frogs. Every morning he would go down to the field near his house and squat down on the edge of the pond. Whenever an unsuspecting frog came hopping out of the water, the old man was ready with his net. Before it would leap away, the man would swipe out with his net capturing the little creature. Then he would take a needle out of his pocket and drive it through the little frog's brain, killing it instantly. He put every dead frog he caught into a big glass jar and took them back to his house. When he got home, he would take a sharp knife from the drawer and begin skinning the frogs with great care and patience. You see, taxidermy was his hobby. Whereas most people like to use taxidermy on birds, foxes, and other various types of animals, this gentleman... His hobby was stuffing frogs, and it was a painstaking business. He would stuff their bodies with cotton wool, sew them up, and then dress them in tiny coats and hats. When he was finished, he would frame the frogs and hang them on his wall. Whenever he held a party, the old man would show off his collection of stuffed frogs. Most of his guests laughed at the dead frogs frozen in funny poses beneath the glass, wearing their little costumes, wigs, and hats. Now and then, someone would say it was horrible to treat animals in such a way. Whenever one of his guests complained like that, the old man would just laugh. Early one morning, just before dawn, the old man got out of bed, put on his clothes, and set off for the pond. The sky was still dark, and in the distance, he could hear the sound of croaking. It sounded like hundreds of frogs, all croaking together like some weird tune being played. When he reached the pond, the sound of the croaking suddenly ceased, and everything was deathly still. He crouched down beside the pond, and he held up the net, ready to strike if he saw anything move. He shivered and waited. The surface of the water was dark and murky. 
Suddenly it began bubbling softly. He could smell a horrible stench, like rot or decay or some sort of waste, even maybe a broken sewer. There was a great big bloop, followed by another and another. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Big patches of slimy weed were floating to the surface. The whole pond seemed to be bubbling with foul-smelling gases. Then he heard a dreadful slobbering sound, and the noxious fumes overcame him. As he began to lose consciousness, he felt something pull the net out of his hands. He screamed, screamed out into the dark early morning. But there was no one around to hear him, no one for miles. Around noon, a policeman was driving by when he caught sight of something very strange. He saw the old man crouch down on the edge of the pond, sitting very still. The disturbing thing about it was that the old man was completely naked. The policeman, seeing something very wrong with this scenario, thinking maybe some crazy elderly man must have gotten away from a home or from his family and wandered off to the pond. He pulled over and called in the situation to headquarters and then got out of his car. He climbed over the wall and approached the old man. Hey, hey, you there. What do you think you're doing? The policeman shouted. The old man did not move, stayed perfectly still, facing away. Hey, hey, you, you can't run around nude in a public place, said the policeman gruffly. He crept closer, closer to the old man, still not seeing any movement or hearing any sound. When he finally got close enough to the old man, he reached out, reached out and grabbed the old man by the arm. As soon as he touched him, the old man fell over, and the tiny green stitches on his belly burst open. To the policeman's horror, He saw the insides of this old man had been stuffed with wet grass, reeds, and water lilies.
Ah, that was a nice little creepy story to end the episode with. If there are any taxidermists listening in to this episode, I hope that doesn't scare you away. I mean, you know, it's just purely fiction. Or is it? <laughs> well, that's it for this episode, and I appreciate you tuning in. Again, please do go to myhaunteddolls.com and shop around my bookstore. Follow the link to my Redbubble store and shop around there, please. And even check out my YouTube channel and like and subscribe. So until the next episode, be sure to look out for any croaking noises outside your house. Stay away from those frogs. Keep those doors and windows locked. Check the closets and under the bed before you go to sleep. But by all means... Have a happy haunting.